This is Without Compromise, a show that explores what happens when you won't settle for anything less than your crazy ideas. We'll talk to athletes, founders, adventurers, and entrepreneurs of all kinds about living without compromise. I'm your host, Mason Gravely. Welcome to the show. We're programmed for survival, so our instinct is to give up on these situations, to move away from them. I thought if I didn't sign up for that race, that I was just going to disappear. It doesn't have to be these big, huge things that everyone thinks you need to do to make a difference. Today, we are talking to Christian Harris. Christian has been competing in CrossFit for years and has recently retired, which is like anyone going through some sort of transition. It's a big challenge. But we're going to hear today on what he did to prepare for that, how he feels about retiring, and talk about some of the other big buckets in his life. He's an entrepreneur. He's a coach. He's an athlete. He's a dad. There's a lot of things he does. So no matter what your area of passion is or expertise, you're going to learn something listening to Christian. And also, he was instrumental in helping us promote uh, Soul Sour this year. If you don't recall, Soul Sour is our yearly brew for Black History Month that all the money is donated to organizations breaking down barriers to get more representation in the brewing industry. So if you haven't grabbed a six-pack yet, it is people's, I mean, there's so many people. It's their absolute favorite brew from Athletic Brewing. There's still a little bit left. It is limited. You can get it right now at athleticbrewing.com. So get it now. If you don't get it, it's not going to be available for a while. Let's go ahead and hop in and hear how Christian lives without compromise. All right, folks, welcome to Without Compromise. You heard a little of Christian's story in the intro. How you doing? I'm doing great. Awesome. Where, where are you coming from today? Where's, where, where, is this home for you, where, where you are? Yep. I live on Long Island in Bayport, New York. Been here for about... 12 years now. That's awesome. Did you grow up in that area? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a New York native. I uh, grew up in Brooklyn, moved here to Long Island in the middle of high school, ninth grade. And I've been here ever since, but I moved around a lot as a kid, different areas of New York. Oh, that's awesome. Between uh, Brooklyn and, and Long Island. You know, you're, you're really well known for CrossFit and placing super high in the games and just, you know, a lot of CrossFitters we've talked to, we've had Matt Frazier on the show, we, we've worked with a lot at Athletic Bruin. Um, usually, I don't know if this is always common, but at least the ones I've talked to, they almost stumble into the sport, like they were going to the gym for something else. And then there's these like weird CrossFitters that were there and they're like, you know, I'm not here to do that. I'm here to do like this thing and then they they just almost get pulled in by the gravitational force of crossfit was that was that your story too anything that, like uh, that that kind of happened uh so it was a little bit of a funny story i used to work at this place called parisi speed school which is more strength and conditioning from like a traditional side of things and we used to work with a lot of athletes getting them better for their sports specifically so off-season training primarily yeah for, for like team sports and, and traditional sports right yep and one of my co-workers at the time this has got to be 2010 ish or so kind of when CrossFit really started to get that buzz it was on ESPN for the first time and he was telling me you should try this thing called CrossFit I think you'd be really good at it and I kind of like blew him off for about a year just like this doesn't look fun. It's stupid. I'm going to get hurt. Basically all the typical things that you hear 
um, you know, when people think of CrossFit from the outside looking in. And I finally tried my first CrossFit workout after about a year. It's this workout called Fight Gone Bad, if you're familiar. It's essentially five stations, a minute of as many reps as you can do at each of these stations, and you have a minute of rest. And at the end of the workout, I'm completely floored. And I haven't done anything like that since like my college football days. And I'm like, yeah, I need more of this. Instantly was hooked. I dove headfirst into it, ended up getting my level one certificate within maybe a couple of weeks after that, started working out in a CrossFit gym, started working at a CrossFit gym and like was heavily obsessed with it. Wow. What, what, what would you say about it that hooked you so quickly? Because it sounds like you, you were playing football, traditional sports, and I was going to ask about that. You know, there's a there's a lot of attention in a businesses and culture around football, obviously. It's just enormous here in the States. But CrossFit, it's almost like the Wild West still at the time, especially. Like, there was an established culture. Things were all new. Things were all – you maybe had a big part of helping – develop it even like did, did that was that kind of part of the appeal honestly it was more the competitive aspect of it you know after doing the workout and comparing like how well I did in the workout compared to other people that I did the workout with and then knowing about the competitive side to it where there's this thing called the CrossFit Games and you could win money and you know I just immediately gravitated towards that because I guess after I finished playing football, there was this little bit of a void in, you know, finding something competitive to do. And this kind of just like fit right in. What, what do you think about it was so unique for you that it was like immediately I'm doing this. This is what it is. For starters, it was a very tough workout. Again, I was ex I was floored at the end of it, just extremely exhausted. And were you in good shape at the time? I would I would have considered myself in pretty good shape. You know, working at the gym, I was doing a lot of things like sled work and uh, a lot of power lifting movements, um, power cleans, and just like a lot of calisthenics and things like that. But the appeal of, one, getting my ass kicked in a workout, which hasn't been done since probably college football, and then two – there was so many different movements to try to learn and get better at the challenge of overcoming learning snatch technique or learning how to get your first ring muscle up. All of these things were very fun and intriguing for me where, you know, I've been doing kind of the same things over and over again. It was bench, it was power cleans, it was sled pushing. And, you know, this was just a breath of fresh air. And how much was the sport established at that time versus how much was being innovated like were there new things kind of popping up every every month every week you know like hey we've got this new part of our routine that seems to work really well let's start like implementing it was that happening a lot too or was a lot of those core workouts and challenges already in place so at the time there wasn't as many training camps back then as you would see nowadays most people were either following crossfit.com and kind of like mixing their own things into it or going to their local crossfit affiliate and just following whatever class programming was provided at that time then maybe you would do a couple of extra things here and there and again this is back in 2010 2012 where nowadays you're talking 10 plus years later 
it's a much more polished sport in the sense of an off season and periodization within your training and just understanding the different stages of the season and how to progress and paper for these things. It's definitely become much more professionalized present day compared to when I first got in. I used to call it the, the golden era, just a lot of fun. You just kind of do your own thing. You show up, you throw down, you have fun. And, you know, you were, you were, <laughs> you were pouring everything into every single session where over time we've learned within the sport that you can't just go hard every single session. There's got to be, you know, peaks and valleys throughout your training week, as well as your cycles within training. Take us through something maybe you did one time on those early, those, those golden years or golden days with that, that just wouldn't happen today that you wouldn't do today. Maybe it was before you knew better. I think it would just be doing almost like three hours worth of just Metcon after Metcon after Metcon, you know, three, two, one, go blitzing it, doing resting, repeating, and just doing that for a few hours straight where a session nowadays has more of a flow to it where in my opinion, what I prescribe for my athletes on our training programs for the CrossFit side of things. Anyway, we usually do some sort of aerobic work to get the day started anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. Then we'll do some gymnastic skill work under very low stress, very low heart rate, and just really fine, uh, fine tuning skills. Then we'll get into somewhat of a strength development section where maybe we're working on the snatch. We'll do an accessory component for the snatch, maybe a pull or a squat. Then we'll get into one to two Metcons, metabolic conditioning pieces that are within the 15 to 20 minute range. And then we'll finish with some accessory work. So think rehab, rehab type stuff. So it's kind of like a very well-balanced, robust kind of day. Whereas, a, you know, what we previously used to do, we do Fran, then we'd like max out our one lift and then hit another hard Metcon and it just kind of all day, you know, you get pretty burnt out from that. <laughs> wow. Did you find that hard as, as you got older with just having other responsibilities start piling up? Absolutely. I am a dad, I'm a husband. I'm an entrepreneur on a few businesses and just finding the way or finding a way to do my best to balance it as best as possible was a hundred percent a challenge. You know, I, I could say I, I didn't really do a great job of it because most of my time was put into competing and recovering and trying to do it again the next day. So what I learned to figure out over the years was if I did everything more on the front half of the day towards the back half, I'd be able to spend more time with the family or whatever the case may be. So I, I like learn to love the morning hours because it's more in uninterrupted time and I can get the things that I needed to selfishly get done for myself. Right. You know, anybody that I speak to that says that they have trouble finding time to work out, I, try to get them to, you know, if you could wake up a half hour earlier and get some sort of fitness in to start the day, it's uninterrupted and you've got it done and you could spend the rest of your day doing whatever else you need to do. Talk about like mentally, what is having a workout done in the morning 
do for you versus waiting until late in the night or the end of the day or late in the night do? Personally, I just find it kind of weighs on me throughout the day versus in the morning, that weight is not only lifted, no pun intended, but it's like, (laughs) I got, I feel so accomplished. I like, I approach my days totally different versus like this nervous anticipation all day with everything. It's like, nah, I did it. I'm good. Yeah, let's do absolutely. This. Did you notice that as well, or have you have you ever had to like make that decision consciously? No, I've just come to realize that you know you hear the phrase "stack small wins," and by working out first thing in the morning, you get to stack that first win. You get to do something that's really hard, overcome something that is super challenging, and you just can show up better for the rest of the day. Um, you know, for me, morning routines are a lot. They, they're kind of what I build the foundation of my day on is my morning routine. Everything from the time that I wake up to the little things that I do before I get to the gym, to my workout, it just really sets me up for the rest of my day. So yeah, working out in the morning, I feel is kind of like a cheat code to uh, setting your day up for success. That's funny, man. I often refer to athletic brewing as a cheat code, like being able to have a beer and not have the effect of one. Like it's, it's a cheat code, you know, it's like what you type in on a video game to, you know, left, right, up, down, to like, all right, yep, sweet, yep. I got unlimited ammo or whatever it is. Like I got an unlimited beer. It, it, it's awesome. Um, that's really interesting. So even for you, that, that makes a big difference. So, so you, you, you also use your experience and knowledge and whatnot to teach a lot of people. What, what are some of those big, I don't know, maybe misconceptions with people starting a fitness journey that you run into a lot with, with the people you work with? Like that's, that's a great trick, you know, or a great hack or a great thing. Do it in the morning, get it done. What's what are some of those other kind of like big ones that often hold people back? For me, the big one that I see, especially this time of year early on, right? We're, we're in January or close to February now. People try to go all in right from the start. And what I've found in my 15 plus years of working with people is that it leads to burnout very quickly. If you take on a little bit too much too soon, you can get very overwhelmed. So what I've found works really well for people is to just start with one or two small changes. So maybe one small change when it comes to fitness, one small change when it comes to nutrition, try to really dial that in and make it consistent over the course of four weeks or so, and then add the second small change then add the third. And then by the time you know it, you know, you're looking three to six months down the road and you're almost a completely different person. Whereas Again, a lot of people in the beginning, they try to do way too much too soon. You know, three weeks into January, people are skipping the gym or they're going back to eating the same things that they were, where as if they've just made these small manageable decisions, they would have much more longevity and much more uh, success. Yeah. I mean, they hit the gym hard or whatever that is, super hard and it feels good maybe for a day, but it's also like totally unsustainable. I get a lot of questions on people starting podcasts and I'm always like, do the bare bones podcast, like do it as simple as possible because the number one thing people do is, is they set way too much infrastructure up early on and quit like three episodes in. 
and it's just too much to maintain. Like, do what you can do forever. And so, you know, I, I've heard that a lot, but it, but I, when you put it in practice, and I'm sure you run into this, when you're done with that, like, first workout or that first change, it's like, well, that didn't really feel like I did anything. That didn't feel like I made a big enough change. But you're almost like telling people, no, pump the brakes. That's good enough for today. Come back tomorrow and do the next one and come back. You're like, be consistent about it more than it is walk away today feeling like I'm a new person. I'm going to be do something different. It's challenging because it doesn't feel like it does anything for you. Well, the other thing too is when you do or you take smaller steps, it almost leaves you more hungry in the sense of, all right, I got more in me. And it makes you a little bit more motivated to maybe push a little bit harder the next time or it makes you want to earn more. So start small, develop that hunger, and that'll kind of be your your motivator as you start to progress a little bit more into it. You know, people talk about motivation and discipline and, you know, discipline is 100% everything, that discipline and consistency. And I get asked all the time, like, how do you stay motivated? And I always say it's not motivation, it's discipline. But if you're somebody that needs that motivation, if you start with less, that hunger for, I have more in the tank, I can do more, I'm capable of more, that's going to be your motivation to kind of carry you through when the the going gets tough. That's cool. Have you applied that mindset to other parts of life? Because I feel like that's a really valuable lesson. Yeah, it's something I've tried to apply in my work. Um, in the sense of compartmentalization, what I try to do is allot a certain amount of hours per day or per week to focus on a specific part of the business. Um, so I, I, I have a, a gym, I have a clothing company, I have an online training business. Those are kind of like my big three. But then I also have my partnerships with other companies and, you know, obligations to fulfill for them as well. Yeah. Sorry. I so, didn't mean to laugh. You're like my big three. I'm like, those are yeah. <laughs> freaking huge three. That's like three big things right there. Three things that could be their own whole thing are, are my big three. I got others. Though. That's funny. But anyway. So just to, if I was going to make easy numbers out of this, I'm going to spend an hour working on the gym, an hour working on online training, an hour working on my clothing, and then another hour working on my content for social media. I'm going to do whatever I can to focus on that specific job or specific focus for that hour. Once that hour is up, it's time to move on to the next thing and put all of my focus into that. What ends up happening and what happened to me is I would get so wrapped into something that I would start to forget about the other aspects. And then I would get overwhelmed trying to play catch up. So now it's like, if I can get one important thing, right, make a list of of priorities, say I have three things, I focus on the most important thing. And if I don't get to the other two, it's okay, I'm going to have another whole day to or the next day to focus on that. And then kind of just keep playing that game and chipping away at these um, responsibilities, as opposed to trying to get everything done at once, overwhelming myself, getting stressed out. And uh, it just becomes a vicious cycle. All right, say you get a bunch of emails out for the gym, and then you're about at that hour that you're going to shift, but then you get a lot of replies back, and like they need answers. Like, How do you manage that where things, 
or even opportunities that might pop up where it's like, oh man, I got to be on this, but it's not within that window. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a constant battle. It's always a battle. You know, it's kind of that, uh, kind of like that instant gratification type of thing, right? Like you see the big thing, big shiny thing right in front of you and you want to like jump into it, but you got to kind of be patient, be disciplined to know when it's time to shut it down. The other thing is I have to have a team. You got to have a team. You know, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without having the key people in key situations or in the, in the, in the right spots. So that's one thing that definitely helps me as well is just having a team around me that keeps me focused within each of these facets, but you can also delegate work and responsibilities to other people as well. Is that something that you had to learn or did you feel like you were pretty good at that? No, I had to, I had to learn this stuff. So just like a funny, like way that I've kind of realized that I've done things is pretty much ass backwards. I got into cross, I got into CrossFit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So like I got into CrossFit because I had a love and a passion for competing and sport and fitness. And through that focus, I started by starting a clothing company, but it wasn't like move fast, lift heavy, move fast, lift heavy. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't set out to start that. It kind of just came through competing, you know, a couple of years later I opened a gym Mm -hmm. and then through COVID I started the online training business, but none of these things were like what I initially set out to do when I got into CrossFit, these all kind of like came along the journey. So like I did them and I had success, but I never really poured a hundred percent of focus into these things. And now that I'm retired and now I have this time, it's like, Oh yeah. Like I could reset things up and, you know, develop the systems and the strategies in place to actually grow these businesses properly and not just have them as like a, not a side hustle, but my main hustle. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like, it's almost like how CrossFit feeling that competitive need, you know, that was CrossFit stepped in, you know, when your body was still ready and you were wanting something, it's like, Oh, this is great. It sounds like almost now that that's phasing out in the sense of career or your retirement, this is stepping in as a way to kind of still keep that, keep that edge and keep that competition going. Yeah, for sure. And one of the things I've been trying to do lately is uh, surround myself with people that can help me level up and just trying to meet new people that are better than me and different facets of life that are going to allow me to learn from them. You know, I don't want to just like piggyback off of somebody and just like take, take, take. Like I want to be able to give them things that I can help them with. But you know, I think surrounding yourself with people that can help you elevate is super important into being a little bit more successful. Well, well tell us, you know, a- after so many years in CrossFit and doing so well and, and, and finishing you know, like your last year at such a high level, how did you know it was time to retire? Like how, what, what was that internal your decision and, and just 
the timing around it. Like, you know, I think that's something that a lot of people can learn, whether it be sports or in life, like when to move on to the next thing or when to close a chapter. What was that process for you? Because I, I, it's it's so recent and I'm sure that's a, there's a story there. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I feel like it's been kind of not, not a long time coming, but I, I feel like it's been coming since around 2019, 2020. I ended up qualifying for the games in the 2020 year. I was saying to myself that this might be the last year, but when 2020 hit after we qualified, the CrossFit games got canceled. So I'm like, well, I can't go out on a cancellation. So I'm like, all right, let's, let's bring it back. So then came back the next year, went through the whole season. We ended up qualifying for the games in 2021. And then one of my teammates tested positive for a banned substance. So then that whole year got wasted. I'm like, all right, well, we're going to make another run. So we came back, qualified again. This time we took eighth at the games. And while I felt really good about our effort, I wasn't happy with our placement. We took eighth. So I'm like, all right, let's just run it back one more time. Let's see if I can put some key key people here uh, in certain positions on this team. and really, really make a focused effort to try to get it, get onto the podium. So we made it, we ran it back one more time. We made it back to the games, um, did everything we possibly could. And we took fourth and missed the podium by just a few points. After the last workout, I was on the competition floor. And then, you know, I just said to myself, like, this is it. Like I, I gave it, what I had and I don't have the energy to do this again. And I, I just, I just knew it was it. It just felt right. It just felt right. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the last day of competition, we had a amazing first event to start the day. Um, it was an, an event that we weren't sure how well we would do because we weren't necessarily, we didn't feel that we were strong runners and it was a very run heavy workout. And we ended up taking second in that workout and it just felt really good. I got interviewed after, um, and it just felt really good. Um, and then we went into the final event, finished that up. And I I just knew like, this was it. This is how we're going to go out. What, what is the next day when you know that, all right, the, the training, the competition's done and next year isn't coming. What does that what does that feel like? I'm starting to feel it now because right now is when that part of the season hits where you really, really start to ramp up your training and get ready for the CrossFit Games Open, which is the first stage of competition. And that's only like the CrossFit Open starts in just a few weeks. So I do have my days where I miss it and where I want to maybe do a little bit more than what, I, what I'm already doing. But I know that I'm done because I see a lot of my former competitors or just people that I've worked out with in the past kind of like burying themselves in workouts on Instagram. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't have any need or want to do that right now. <laughs> so like, that's kind of how I know. 
Like I have no FOMO about that right That's now. That's a good feeling though. It's like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I get, I've been getting asked all the time, like, can you, you want to jump in this workout with me or come, you know, do whatever competition. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. But yeah. <laughs> well, what, what, what's uh, so what are, what are some of those things now that's like, now that you have that space, I'm sure those big three are, you know, have, have grown in size to help take up some of that space. But what are some of those things maybe you're exploring that you just didn't have the time or, or ability to kind of see before and pursue? Yeah. One of the things is I mentioned it before is going to these like retreats where I get to learn and meet new people. You know, one of them is this thing called HPLT that I've been to uh, yep. twice now. With and uh, yep. And I've gotten to meet some incredible people there and just learn from some incredible speakers. You know, I've walked away from both of those weekends feeling insanely inspired. Also through those weekends, I've developed some really good friendships and you know, doing more things like that, I think are, those are the things that are going to help me to level up, um, not only in my business, but just in life, just surrounding myself with people of that caliber and just doing things like that, where I can kind of show more the coaching side or my coaching abilities and just kind of give back to the community and like be able to work with more people, be able to help more people. You know, you're 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 in a place now that that giving back is going to be, you know, more and more of of, of what you do. H- have you found the the transition into coaching to be a natural skill set, or also something that that's taken a lot of practice and it taken a lot of time to learn how to illustrate this to someone else? I found that it has come pretty naturally for me. I think just being in team sports and just being in that atmosphere, uh, especially like junior, senior year, working with freshmen and sophomores, kind of taking that leadership role, I felt like I've always been able to communicate well in a coaching manner, you know, with athletes or just with clients in general. And then that transitioned right into me doing personal training and then the coaching at the speed school that I was at and then into coaching into CrossFit. So I felt like I've always kind of been in that, that role of like teacher student, if you will. So it's always come pretty natural for me. The thing that you learn over the years is that at least that I've learned is that you need to find different ways to communicate to different people and working with kids was probably the number one way that I found how to communicate well. Like if you can teach a six-year-old how to do certain things in the gym and like make these very complex movements or ideas very simple to come across to a six-year-old to get them to get it, then you could really talk to anybody or teach, teach anyone. <laughs> have you, have, has that been the case with, with your own kids? Because sometimes teaching your own kids can be harder because they're like, nah, dad, I ain't paying attention to this. <laughs> yeah. So both of my kids, they love to work out. I guess just from being in the environment since they were babies and then seeing me compete, you know, we try to work out two to three times per week. Well, kind of like if you're looking in 
where I'm at right now. This is like our spare office where we have, you know, there's a bench in here, a rower, a bunch of dumbbells, uh, some mats and things like that. Two to three times per week, we're in here doing a workout for maybe 20, 30 minutes tops. You know, I don't like to overdo it, especially with the amount of sports that they're in. I mean, they're in something every season. Right now is basketball. And then they also have uh, off-season uh, soccer and baseball. So I don't like to overload them too much. But if they want to work out, I'm like, all right, let's work out, you know? This early on in retirement, what's some of the misconceptions that maybe you had prior to this day, prior to the, the moment of saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done, I'm going to focus on these other things? What's maybe a misconception you've learned in the last few months that has been not been true? I guess this is like a funny one. Uh, I thought I, I thought I would the day that I would be say that I'm done, I would immediately just become like irrelevant. Like no one would care who I was or like would want to hang with me or anything like that because I feel like my identity is just like CrossFit Games athlete. I'm sure that was a fear too. Yeah, a little bit. Just even for partnerships and things like that. Like, you know, a lot of the partnerships that I have, they were built on me being a CrossFit Games athlete and placing well at the CrossFit Games and kind of like, you know, a company wants to, some companies, they want to work with you because you're, you're going to be able to get them into that space and just help with, with the brand, right? Mm-hmm. Build, build more brand awareness. So, you know, I'm retired now. Most of my partnerships, they're still standing strong. I'm even developing new ones. But also, I went to Wadapalooza a few weeks ago. People are still stopping me, wanting to take my picture. Like, Not that that's like the end-all, be-all, but it was just kind of like eye-opening. Like, wow, people still care, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I love that stuff because there's going to be a day when no one's going to want to take a picture with me anymore. So... If you want to take a pick, let's take a pick, you know? <laughs> Get it while it lasts. Get it while it lasts. Well, you got a great smile, man. I don't think it's ever going to be irrelevant to take a picture with you. I appreciate it. People are going to be like, I don't even know who you are. I just want a picture. Um, but, it's you know, they're probably thinking now is like, I th- hey, I think Christian actually has time to talk to me now is what it is. And that's probably where all this new attention is, is just, hey, if he ain't competing, that means he's going to have a chance to talk to me. Because, you know, before, I mean, if you're locked in, you're locked in. But you're never going to get a chance to talk to, like, Tom Brady during the season. But now, he's just watching the game. Maybe he'll get right. a chance. So that's probably <laughs> part of it, too, you know. Um, well, I tell you what, let's jump into some rapid-fire questions, and uh, we can wrap it up. Let's do it. Um, and I didn't ask this. I meant to ask this earlier, and I, I'm, I'll, I'll just make it a rapid-fire. How, how did you come across Athletic Brewing, and, and how does it fit into your life? That's really not a rapid fire, I guess, now that I think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I don't really remember how I came across it. But when I did, I instantly fell in love with it because when I did come across it, I was at a phase where I was really transitioning my life out of drinking. And this was a product that, one, I love IPAs and it tastes amazing. Like, if you guys have never tried, if you're listening to this, I'm, I'm assuming you've had athletic brewing before, but if you've never tried it and you're listening to this, it tastes 
incredible, especially if you, you love IPAs. I fell in love immediately with Run Wild and just the benefit of being able to have a nice, cold, refreshing brew without having to wake up with a hangover the next day was awesome. Yeah, man. So you, you, you got it right away. I mean, and you, you, you found us probably pretty early on too. Yeah. So just to kind of give it a little perspective early on in my CrossFit career, you would hit certain stages throughout the season. So like at the end of the open, at the end of regionals, mm-hmm. at the end of each of these phases, because you've been so dialed in, all you wanted to do was like go out and have a beer <laughs> and like, maybe you'd have one too many and you'd wake up and you would just be in a bad place. And then what that does for the next couple of days of your training, which you don't really realize, maybe you just feel it physically that one day, like truly feel it, but it really has lingering effects for three, maybe four days before it's completely out of your system. And once I came across athletic brewing, those stages throughout the season, I would start to have one or two athletic brewings. And then I would wake up no hangover and be able to hit it hard and get ready for the next stage of competition without ever affecting my performance. Great, great story. Great example. Well, uh, yeah. So, so here's the true rapid fire questions. Um, (laughs) (laughs) is what are you most uh, curious about right now outside of, uh, Let's say outside of your big three, what's like a curiosity you now have time for? Right now, I am diving into running quite a bit. And it's not something that I typically liked when I was doing CrossFit. One of my goals for this year is to run 100 miles per month. I just hit it today, actually, for my first month. Congrats. And in the thank you. In the past, I would run maybe 10 miles a week max. So, you know, 25 plus miles per week right now is, is pretty new for me and uh, kind of enjoying it, learning more about running and how to get better at it. Knowing this community and, and culture here at Athletic, we have a lot of runners and man, once it gets, once it sinks its teeth into you, man, it's almost like people don't get out of that. Yeah. Um, so be careful. Uh, <laughs> what, what would you say your proudest achievement is outside of, outside of your career in CrossFit? It's another great question. Um, Probably my most proud achievement, I would say, is where I'm at right now in the sense of fatherhood. Not to get sappy here, but my I had kind of an absentee dad. And um, right now, just being able to be there for my sons for all their sports and be able to work out with them and just the relationship that I have, like, I'm so proud of the dad that I am. And, uh, yeah, that's my, uh, proud achievement. Oh, that's awesome, man. <laughs> Love to hear that. So, yeah. you know, with this kind of, you know, n- newness in your life and, and the, these new focuses, what would you say is one of the, maybe the biggest goal out there that you still want to achieve? Aside from the running and yeah, the, the 12,000 or 1200 miles this year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm looking to do a high rocks race. Um, I'm doing it doubles. I'm actually doing it. I probably shouldn't say, but I'm doing it with Brian in June, Maza. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do it. I would like to do another one individually, but I know it's going to take a lot of work just from a running standpoint, because I'm not, it's not my strong suit. And the, the paces 
that I'm hearing that these people are running, it's insane. So it's like I gotta, I got, I gotta build up to that. So I gotta, I definitely gotta build up to that and uh, and and hone in and on the running side of things. Well, if it's in June, you've got about five or six hundred miles under your belt at that <laughs> yeah. point. So hopefully, <laughs> right, uh, right, you'll see some progress there over the yep. course of the next few months. That's exciting, for um, sure. All right, sweet. Well, what what um, you know, a, as you achieve these goals and pursue these goals, you know, what what's a daily habit that we haven't talked about yet that, that that's really important to you? It could be fitness. It could be just something else. You know, what's something you you really got to do every day to 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 stay on track with these goals? I mean, I move daily. That's mm-hmm. a huge one for me. Uh, movement is medicine for me the days that I don't get to work out, which is maybe a handful of days in a year, I just feel very irritable. So movement for sure. I like to wake up early. I like to wake up before no one else is up. It's just kind of uninterrupted time where I can either do a workout or just do me, Mm -hmm. whether it's work or sit on the couch or <laughs> go in the kitchen, just have a cup of coffee and just sit at the, at the breakfast nook with no noise or, or anything happening like that. Pure uninterrupted time is, is just super important for me. Mm. That's solidarity. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So, and it can take on different shapes throughout, you know, different days. That's cool. It's just the time, the time to be the right. time, movement at some point in that time in the morning, really important. Um, we already talked about your favorite brew, uh, Run Wild, and uh, you know we—it's it, not anymore. But on the each can of Run Wild was—it uh, said "Brew Without Compromise," and like I was saying before, we've kind of learned here that you can't just do anything. You can't run your business, your gym, or or your clothing brand, or you, you can't do one of those things with excellence. It kind of needs to come from being excellent, being a person that tries to do their best in every way, um, to do anything well, you got to do everything well. Um, what does it mean to you to not only, you know, do what you do without compromise, but to live without compromise? What does that mean to you to live without compromise? Yeah. One of my favorite quotes, it's actually right here in the back is work hard, stay humble. So no matter what it is that I'm doing in my life, I'm always going to try to work my hardest at it and I'm going to try to do it with humility. And though that's a life lesson that I try to instill in my kids is to work hard, stay humble and don't be a jerk. And I think if everybody in the world did that, this world would be a better place. Thank you so much, Christian, for joining us and for, he, you know, not long after this, he came and visited the brewery. It was an awesome visit. Got to see the production line, the can line, how everything's made. And if you want to try Soul Sour while it's still available, athleticbrewing.com. You can use our store finder to find Athletic Brewing on shelves near you.